You are now listening to Chakras and Shotguns. Welcome back to Chakras and Shotguns, episode 28. I'm Jen. And I'm Mick. Welcome back. So, we are back from our break. How you feeling? First off, Happy New Year. Yes, indeed. Um, I still need a vacation from my vacation. I feel you. There's a thing that I hear people say all the time when it comes to traveling slash vacationing with your children. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just parenting in another another location. Without all of your accoutrement. Yeah, it's like we were in a different setting that was unfamiliar to the kids, so they couldn't be in their routine and we didn't have all of the usual stuff. We were like, you know. Bare bones. Travel things, you know. Yeah. So it, yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't very comfortable. So, I mean, it worked out. Yes, we, we, we went to Florida. We took our girls to Disney World. Mm-hmm. So it was wonderful to see our oldest light up. When she got to see the princesses, she met Princess Tiana. Yes. And Princess Elena. Who I was definitely calling Princess Jasmine. Yes. Um, I was like, that don't look like Princess Jasmine's outfit, but I don't know any other brown princesses like that. I mean, she was brown. She had some jewels on her. I thought, hey, she must be from Aladdin. There was that time when Princess Jasmine was wearing a red outfit when she was kidnapped by Jafar. So I thought maybe they was just, you know, doing a different colorway. I'm like, all right, well. I mean, we looked it up later and Princess Elena is a TV princess, which I also felt was like low-key sneaky. Yeah. Like, why couldn't they just put her in a Jasmine outfit? And honestly, I didn't say this to you before, but the expression on her face, she was like, y'all, I mean, y'all don't know who I am. But we def- definitely called her Princess Jasmine to her face. Greeted her and gave her the farewell as Princess Jasmine. Anyway. Um, but no, I'm just trying to like rest and be mindful. I have a newfound respect for parents during this time. Like I think everybody at in like traditional work settings is like, oh, you about to kick it. You know, you're going to take off between Christmas and New Year's. Those kids are home yeah. from school. That ain't no vacation. Daycare is closed. School's out. You know... It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. But we did some fun things. Like, we made gingerbread cookies that mm-hmm. were amazing. You know, I'm going to put that recipe in the show notes because they were thebomb.com. So, it is the new year. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Do you do, like, New Year's resolutions? I don't really remember in the past if you have, or, like, or at least you haven't really talked to me about them if you have. I mean, I probably have in the past, like probably before we were together, maybe, a you know, a year here, a year there. And then I quickly realized that I'm not going to lie to myself. <laughs> and why would I set myself up for failure? You're just not good at keeping up with the routine of it or? Mm-mm. I'm just not one of those people. Yeah. And. I think, and I think we'll get into it in our main topic too, but like, I, I'm not a creature of habit. I'm not a creature of routine. Like my routines are 
coffee in the morning and brushing my teeth. Like, that's about it. (laughs) And, like, bathing. Like, general hygiene. Yeah. But, like, if somebody wants to get, oh, you need to do this 10-step skin routine every night, I'm not your girl. Got it, got it, got it. I'm not going to do that. I think I was the opposite. I had too many New Year's resolutions. I would try to, like, do it all. Like, this is going to be my year, y'all. And I'm going to do, like, everything. I'm going to go to the gym five times a week. I'm going to learn a new language. I'm going to learn how to cook. I'm going to do some swim lessons. Like, I I had everything on my list. It was like a wish list for life for one year. And so I would never get to them all. Oh, gosh. My shit fizzles out so fast. (laughs) So fast. I think I can do like a month long thing, but mm-hmm. I, I still have to give myself like three cheat days. So, you know, some people are like, no, I went to Bikram Yoga for every day for 30 days. Yeah. I'd be like, no, I, OK, I'm going to do that. But like I need like five off days mm. and then like two weeks in, I've used them up. Yeah. And then I just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Because life. Mm-hmm. OK. Maybe I'm a little bit temperamental. Yeah. Wait. That was not (laughs) an opening for you. I feel like that was more so of a rhetorical question. I'm just giving confirmation. That's all. But like with working out, right? It'll be like, oh, I'm going to work out three times a week. I'm going to work out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then like without fail, I do it like the Monday and the Wednesday. And then the Friday, it's like, oh, it's my birthday party. This is all pre-COVID. Oh, it's my birthday party. And then I'm like, oh, well, I don't have time. Like, I'll go on Saturday. But then you I'm. You got to get your nails done or something for, you, for the party. Right. Mm-hmm. Or just be at the party. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, I'm hungover. Yeah. And then, and then Monday, I'm like, just forget it. Because you've already missed the day. <laughs> or if I, you know, made it, then it's like Wednesday, like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. So I can go work out right now. All right. Well, <laughs> do you have anything for 2022? Or are you just not even trying to. Go that route. You know what? I do have something for 2022. It's more so of a, I feel like everybody's like, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to work out more. I think mine, I was just kind of reflecting on some of my self-work that I've been doing for the past couple of years. And without making this too much of an aside, I think that when you start doing that self-work and like going to therapy what inevitably should happen, I guess. I don't guess I shouldn't say it's inevitable. But you should gain a little bit more self-awareness and start to see the old patterns and the things that you kind of fall into every day or or when certain situations arise or when certain people come around you. Um, but kind of like the bad side of that is, you know, ignorance is bliss. And so like when you weren't recognizing it as a pattern, of where like you could do better mm-hmm. or enforce your boundaries or demand better for yourself. Mm-hmm. You were just chilling. You were vibing. You know what I mean? Like no boundaries, just vibes. You were just like, yeah, I don't really like how this feels, but I don't really know what to call it. But so why is it vibes? Hmm? You said it was no boundaries, just vibes. Like it was a good thing, but like, <laughs> I don't see how that works. Well, I mean, I think it was kind of like, I don't know why this keeps happening, but whatever. And you weren't like really calling it when it was coming at you. Okay. And so then you start to get more self-aware and then you start kind of catching the bullshit as it's on its way to you. Mm -hmm. And 
then it's a lot more uncomfortable because now the work is on you. Like things aren't happening to you. You know, you have to show up and do what you're supposed to do. Mm. So I have decided to, for the things that frustrate me or anger me or hurt my feelings as they arise, like the situations and the conflicts and the things at work and like those kinds of things that like bother you, I am refusing to accept them in 2022. Is mm. that right? I wrote it down. Let me let me pull it up. Mm. Okay, I got it now. So the things that like frustrate me and anger me and like, you know, when I'm trying to enforce my boundaries and people are trying to overstep them or um you know, people not respecting that I'm on vacation. Y'all see my out of office. You know it's the week between Christmas and the new year. Don't pop up with last minute requests. Like all of those things that like really bother me. And like now I see that I'm allowing that type of behavior to to occur. I'm trying to reframe it. Or let me step back. I am reframing in 2022 all of those things into things that I refuse to accept. Mm. So I think it's like, it's a stronger boundary. Mm. Build that wall. Yeah. No. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> nah, um, I mean, I feel mad shallow. Like, talk about my resolutions. I feel like yours is mad deep. Like, damn. Um, mine is just to drink some more water. <laughs> 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 like low key, I was on Instagram and it was like if you're over 35 and you like starting to see wrinkles, it's not that you're getting old, it's you just dehydrated, you need to drink some more water. And I was like, damn, well, I, I should probably drink some more water. Cause like, I don't know if y'all seen pictures of my boo yet. Um, uh, but you know, there's a few on Instagram. She be getting confused for like younger than she is. And so if I'm starting to look older because I ain't drinking enough water and she stay looking young, you know, I, I got to make sure that age gap don't look too wide. You hey, know what I'm you know what I'm saying? sugar daddy. I don't want to look like I'm a cat daddy out here. <laughs> so that's my, that was my resolution just to drink oh, some more H2O. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I think this is one of those classic situations where it's like the person was like, no, you go first. And like, they really should have went first. Yeah, I probably should have went first. <laughs> It's all good, you know. This was this is my my self work journey, the next phase. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Life is an experiment. That's what I say. And drink some water, y'all. And I'm not getting one of them little goofy uh, <laughs> water jugs that says like, you know, you drinking you drinking enough today. You know, like as you drink it down, and shit tells you like how how much more you should drink. Almost there. I'm not doing it, man. Feeling I, hydrated yet? No shade if you got one of those, but I can't do it. I'm gonna make you one. Don't do it. So what are you going to do? Just make sure I drink two bottles of, of this Osaka. You know what I'm saying? Two? That's better than what I'm doing. <laughs> In- I mean, incremental steps. <laughs> how many do you think I drink a day? About seven. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, <laughs> let's do some breath work. Yes. I got this one to start off okay. the new year. All right. All right. So... We're going to do a little bit of a white light visualization today. And it'll just help us as we are into 2022, dust off some of that old energy from 2021. So let's all sit up straight. Rest our hands on our thighs. Close your eyes. 
And we'll start with three grounding breaths. In through your nose. And out through your mouth. Into your nose. And out through your mouth. Last one, into your nose. And out through your mouth. Now let's bring our awareness to our heart chakra in the center of our chest. And as we're sitting here in our heart chakra, I want you to imagine there's a white light coming down from above you. This white light is positive, universal life force energy. It's love. Imagine that white light bathing you. It's washing your aura. It's clearing away any negativity, any attachments that no longer serve you. Feel it taking away your self-doubt. And just bask in this light for a little while. Imagine the light going through each of your chakras, coming down through your crown third eye, your throat, your heart, your solar plexus, your sacral, and finally your root. It's clearing away any blockages in your chakras. And we'll end with three more breaths to bring us back into the room. In through your nose. And out through your mouth. In through your nose. And out through your mouth. Last one. Into your nose. And out through your mouth. Slowly open your eyes. And we'll get things moving. Very nice, darling. Thank you, thank you. All right, let's move on to our main topic. Today, as we enter into 2022, 
we're going to talk about spiritual hygiene practices. Yes. I think as we've gone on this spiritual journey and learned more about body, mind, soul connections, and how energy can influence our thoughts and emotions, we've had to become more mindful about our own regular practices to keep us in tune and support us energetically. Um, I feel like on this journey, like we started to get a lot more sensitive. And so like, you're just a little bit more energetically sensitive to like what's going around, going on around you. Like what kind of feels stale? What needs some moving? Like what makes you feel good? Um, the things that we like maybe before unconsciously or subconsciously felt, you know, like when you're around a person, you're just like, man, I like, like you. Yeah. Or, ooh, that person gives me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. Just like being in our own spaces and like, you know, in our home and figuring out what supports that spirituality as we like start to open ourselves up a little bit more. I'm not going to lie. When I like, from what we were talking about before the breath work, when people started talking to me about spiritual hygiene, I was like, look, I don't need no routine. <laughs> <laughs> I was not enthused. I did not want to do it. I was like, now I got something else to do. Do you know what I have on my plate? I got two small kids and a job. (laughs) And now I got to do extra stuff. I'm just trying to keep like my body clean, these kids clean, which is an effort in and of itself to keep like little hands and faces clean. (laughs) So, you know. And I'm going to lump you in here too, Mick, because we are not routine people. Fair. At all. Like, which was great. It was so great. Fun fact, Mick and I did not live in the same city until two weeks before we got married. Yes. So it was like a real fear that like we were going to figure out that life is not vacation and this ain't going to work. Because mm-hmm. we had never been like with each other that long i think maybe we spent like maybe two weeks together yeah (laughs) like collectively um or consecutively yeah whatever you know but um what was great is we figured out that we're both snoozers Mm -hmm. we both are night owls Mm -hmm. we do not like to wake up early we like our sleep i'm more of a napper like mick gets his rest it gets up and gets going I will circle back for nap time. And that shows up in our human design, which we will get to very soon, guys. Yes. Um, But, like, you hear these horror stories of, like, oh, my spouse is, like, an early riser and they loud as hell and they slamming doors and stuff and they go to bed early so I don't get to spend time with them. No, me and Mick, pre-kids, we was kicking it late. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, not routine people at all. Very much so like, I'll get up to show up for the time you need me. Like, we were not going to be those people that get to the office at 8.58 every single day. Mm -mm. It was going to be a little different. And for me, it was going to be late. But that's my business. But anyways. (laughs) I'm not a tardy person, even though I don't like routine. So that's one area we do do rub a little bit. She is a... I'm not a tardy person. I was trying to find a euphemism, but you know. Don't set don't uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> don't don't set that up to where it's like I'm not a tardy person. That's where we differ. As if I'm a tardy I'm not a tardy person. Jennifer. 
Don't do that because we have friends that think that I'm like really on time and they don't know. And they listen to the podcast. Well, the thing is, you're typically rolling with me no, when we show up. No, no, no. So I make sure we're on time. Is that not true? I don't know why you want to hurt me like this in a public forum. Okay. Well, if you want a lot of the people, we can. But Can you tell them that I've gotten better? You have gotten better in the six years that we've been married. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I wanted to circle back on something that you said, um, just in terms of like us being able to pick up on energy, right? Like, like if folks haven't been listening to previous episodes, Jen and I are both empaths. And so we... Um, as empaths, we take on a lot of energy from folks that we interact with and have to do a lot of work to kind of separate ourselves from energy that doesn't belong to us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've learned more and researched um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just been kind of interesting to, to see in more like scholarly texts or whatever, just these ideas of around kind of spiritual hygiene and spiritual practices, right? We've all heard the expression cleanliness is godliness and i think that just kind of shows up across a lot of different religious as well as scholarly works mm-hmm. piggybacking off of your piggyback about being an empath it requires a lot of thoughtfulness because you can very easily and i don't know if it's necessary it, i think this is true for empaths but i think it's also true for people who are starting to feel more open spiritually is that you can kind of float through life and your day and start to feel a little irritable or start to feel a little cranky or not really feeling like yourself. Or maybe it's manifesting physically, right? Like your stomach starts to hurt and you're not being thoughtful about like what, who you interacted with, what was going on that day. Um, What's, I always talk about like not taking on what's not yours. So Yes, like keeping all of that clean. And even though I am not a routine person, I do love being clean. I love cleaning stuff up. And so I was able to reframe our hygiene practices into being cleanly. So we'll get into some specific practices, but cleanliness is godliness. Like that's spiritual hygiene, one-on-one, basic, basic level. Like, go clean your house. Like, literally, just, like, go clean your house. Wipe some stuff down, you know, wash your dishes, clean the kitchen, vacuum your floor. Like, cleaning your house, like, it comes up all the time. Like, I follow some Twitter accounts, like, people who were in Hoodoo and Conjure and and all those types of things. Like, they talk about making sure your house is literally clean. Cleaning your body, washing your hair, wash your legs, okay? (laughs) So, um, like, I'm one of those people who, if I sit down to work, like, on my day job, and my, like, workspace is not clean or it's cluttered, I feel claustrophobic, I can't think. Like, I'm one of those people, and I think sometimes people are like, you're just procrastinating, but, like, no, I literally feel better, like, once my workspace is clear or, you know, the house feels lighter after, you know, the house is cleaned and picked up and the toys are put away and and the dishes are washed and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, when life happens and all of that clutter and mess starts to come in, like I can feel myself like start to sag. Like I feel like my energy goes down, like I'm so tired. I think there's an aspect of like 
I'm overwhelmed by like what needs to get done if I'm trying to get to something and I'm like, look at the house. But, mm-hmm. you know, it just starts to feel like it feels like weight. And when you like move all that stuff and everything's kind of put into its place and the house is freshened up, you just feel lighter. to. That's how I feel when the house is clean. No, I agree. Um, you know, with coronavirus and quarantine and lockdown, like we're pretty conservative because of this. We have small kids. So, you know, our house and our dog was seeing more of us than they had ever <laughs> seen before. So, you know, you're just in the house all day long. Um, the house just starts to get stale. Like, so we kind of started to incorporate something that we didn't really do, probably because we didn't really need to before coronavirus. We started like opening up the patio door and the screen door and just if the weather's nice just letting like fresh air come in and like airing out the house like kind of those things that like your grandma used to do mm-hmm. but like we just ne- ne- never got around to didn't really yeah. think about um making sure like fresh air is circulating and there's something to that that like you can easily transpose into spiritual you know spirituality your spiritual practices of just like keeping motion, like keeping things moving, not letting things get stuck and in a rut and what that might mean for you and your life too. So like, you know, we both start our days off with a morning shower. Like, I feel like that, that gets the day going. Like, you know, I think with coronavirus, there were days where you might skip your morning shower and just kind of try and roll into your day because <laughs> you roll out of bed and get into your desk. But it just starts the whole day off different when you start clean. It feels like a clean slate. Like, it's just amazing what something as small as a shower can do, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, just going back to something that you said earlier, right? Just the importance of cleaning yourself, right? So, you know, washing your body, washing your hair. Um, I just think about, like, water and across several different religions and spiritual practices, um, Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, there's these practices of ritual washing, uh, whether that's before prayers or ceremonies. Um, we know from our own experience being baptized, how important water is in like the Christian faith. Um, and so I, that kind of just got me curious. I, I really wanted to understand more about from a spiritual standpoint, what about water kind of makes it ideal for this like practice of purification. Um, and so, you know, the nerd in me wanted to, to answer that question. I started doing some research and a lot of people may have heard about this idea that if you kind of talk to water positively and then you freeze it, you can look at the crystal pattern and it looks more beautiful than if you talk to water negatively and then freeze it, uh, which was kind of just the you know thing I had heard. And so I wanted to look more into that. Yeah, this concept comes from the Japanese researcher, businessman, pseudoscientist. They call him a pseudoscientist. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Masuro Emoto. He's written a couple of books with his most famous being 2004's The Hidden Messages in Water. Emoto's experiments involved exposing glasses of water to various words, pictures, and music. Then he froze it and examined the frozen crystals under a microscope. He concluded that human emotional energy can create vibrations that affect the physical structure of water. The water that received positive messaging and sounds froze into 
quote unquote, beautiful crystals and the water that received negative messages and crude sounds, including heavy metal. Sorry if you were a heavy metal fan. It froze into ugly crystals. And these are his words, not mine. <laughs> I'm just imagining like, a, like, remember when we were in in grade school and it's like hypothesis method and i don't remember all the rest of the steps but you had it on your little poster board <laughs> for the science fair process procedure and results <sighs> science fair champ over here you he was out there spilling words i was out here making experiments you feel me do you want to see my first place ribbons i'm sure my parents still got them bravo babe i can't believe you remember that i was a science fair champion i had first place like three years in a row in elementary school three years yes I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm going to start telling people that at cocktail parties. All right. But yeah, can you imagine like him like looking at his his glasses of water or however he froze this and was like, hmm, beautiful. That one's beautiful. Ooh, that one's ugly. Like, <laughs> like this is like his real science experiment. He's like, ugh, that one's ugly. I'm going to write down ugly for that one. I mean, that's pretty much why he's been criticized, right? So um, they say it's not scientific work. You know, he people tried to recreate his experiments and they basically haven't seen like his same results. Like and, and they talk about the subjectivity of it being like pretty or ugly when it comes to the crystal crystal pattern. And so, you know, I mean, I, I have a, a healthy bit of faith in science, but I also don't think that humans we have like the sophistication to like really prove everything scientifically. Um, and so that kind of got me looking a little bit further. And so there are some studies that kind of past the, the the muster of the scientific method um, when it comes to plant growth. So basically they studied how plants grew when they were kind of spoken to positively. And they saw that, you know, when you had positive reinforcement to the, or positive vibration directed at the plant, it grew better than if there was none or negative um, going towards it. And so I think that's interesting, right? Like with water, Water kind of just is what it is, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just water. And I mean, he tried to, Emoto tried to like look at frozen crystals to try to, you know, make some determination. And maybe that that's not the best way to do it, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to prove that there's something happening vibrationally to the water. But with plants, you can like see how a plant grows. You know, is it more leaves? Is it taller? Is it, you know, there's, there's real like quantifiable things you can say about the plant. To say right. that it was effective vibrationally. So I don't think Emoto's wrong. I just don't know if we have the sophistication to measure how yeah. water responds to positive vibrations. In like the tech. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? I'm getting off task. What is it? Surprise. You know, they did that microwaved water experiment. Mm-hmm. I don't want to details, yeah. I think they were using it to water plants. Yes. And those plants were dying. Yes. Why is that? Let's look that up. I, yeah, I don't really remember. Because I'm like, is it killing the molecules? I don't know. And what are we putting in our bodies when we microwave our food? Yeah. Especially when you like mi- microwave water. That's like that, that's the direct correlation, right? Like if it's well, killing the plants, you shouldn't huge be huge. My- no, no. Yeah. Please don't. I saw a woman microwaving water for tea on Instagram the mm-hmm. other day. And you know what? I used to be one of those people, but I was young and dumb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She 
was at least 35. So let's learn from that, shall we? Use a pot, get a kettle, get an electric kettle. I'm off task again. Yes. I'm coming back. Is it completely far-fetched that what Dr. Emoto is saying is true? And also, what's the harm in believing it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like setting an intention for the water that you put in your body. What's the harm in that? I don't know. But then it also came up like with Dr. Emoto. Apparently in Frozen 2, there's this whole theme of the movie where they say water has memory. And there were all these articles like debunking that. Like there's nothing to show that water has memory. But there is a part of me that's just like, (sighs) sometimes it feels very arrogant to think that we have hacked all of the mysteries of this planet and Mm -hmm. and even ourselves in relation to it i agree um i think like the point of all that was to really kind of discuss you know i believe water actually does respond to vibrations in intention setting and it does in your frozen two example i think it does actually retain memory right if if you can if you can speak intentions into water then it's like remembering those things um so i think you know why we see so many religious practices that that utilize water and why we can have such you know deeply profound experiences with baptism um or even like where we see um hindus who go to um the ganges river and they they perform you know um ceremonies in that in that water or or the jordan river uh, in Israel, where a lot of Christians go and want to be baptized, right? These these profound experiences that we have that are deeply moving and, you know, very emotional for people. I think, you know, it's because of water and that that the properties that maybe we haven't really been able to discover about it from a scientific standpoint. Mm-hmm. Moving away from traditional religion, we've talked in the past about working with water to balance specific chakras. Additionally, water is a great way to cleanse your aura and reset your energy. So sometimes I like to set an intention for my shower, like that the water is rinsing off my aura, eliminating anything that is in mine. It's also a good excuse to just be a little bit more mindful. I think, you know, taking a shower should be routine. Bathing yourself (laughs) should be routine. Um, And I'm guilty of like turning on a podcast, listening to music, kind of ruminating on all the other stuff I have to do, you know, and like being like, okay, and then I need to do this and I need to do that. But like intention setting, I feel like makes me very, very mindful of like, okay, this shower serves a purpose not only for my physical body, but for my spiritual body. Mm. And that I'm going to be very intentional and focused on, on what this is doing for me and i think it makes me very very present instead of worrying about what this person said to me what this email said or what i have to do you know past and future i think is you know we're always kind of vacillating between like thinking on something in the past and worrying about something in the future and so for me it becomes self-care um Mm -hmm. so it serves kind of like a dual purpose Mm -hmm. of hygiene and self-care Yes, I think um, as we're talking about this, I feel like I need to add a second thing to my uh, my New Year's resolutions. Mm. I need to take more baths. Mm. I'm I'm particularly bad about about not doing that. I think there's something about like just me needing to slow down. 
and not be so on the go and take that that moment to be mindful and to like sit down in the bathtub and like really, you know, wash that that stale energy off mm-hmm. off of me. I think back to um there was a spring break I spent with one of my uncles and he was saying people always ask him why he is able to look so young, still has all his hair and whatnot. And he said, I walk slow and I take baths. <laughs> and so that stuck with me, right? Um, I still remember that, but I still don't take baths. So I'm like, as I'm thinking about drinking my water so I can stay looking young for my my young boo, I need to also add in um, some of those baths. So Drink some water in the bath. Two birds, one stone. I'm with it. <laughs> So that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, and all my fellas, I know men, we we're bad about not taking baths. Um, so just take a moment for yourself. Get a nice bath going. I feel like that's a good segue into spiritual baths, mm-hmm. which are slightly different. I mean, yeah, the same, slightly different. Like I mean, you're, I think it's it's the intention setting for the shower equivalent exactly. to taking a bath. It's, it's more mindful. It's more mindful. It's for your physical and your spiritual body. Mm-hmm. So a few tips for making a good spiritual bath. Set the ambiance. Mm. That just made me think of, um, what's the lobster in Little Mermaid? Sebastian. First we sit. The moon. He's a crab, by the way. Well, they should have drawn him better. We were just at Disney World. <sighs> Disney World didn't have crab or lobster for me to eat, okay? <laughs> All they had was chicken tenders and sadness. So sad. Um, Spiritual baths. So, first we set the mood, as I was saying. Make sure to clean the tub. There's nothing spiritual about a ring in your tub. Light candles or incense in the room. You can play soft music. We'll have some recommendations for that later, too. I like to incorporate crystals. We talked about this in our crystals episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so grab a couple of your favorite crystals. You can even put them in the bath, but double check that they're okay with getting wet. You know, some things you should not put in water. Um, so yeah, like get you a vibe. Get you a vibe going. Salt. Salt is key for a spiritual bath. And you can also use this for a regular bath, which I think is great. Um, sea salt, Epsom, or pink Himalayan salt. So starting with pink Himalayan first. That's a salt mine from the Himalayas. Playa from the Himalayas. <laughs> Benefits include reducing fatigue, stress, and pain, delivering magnesium to the body, and the treatment of skin issues like acne and eczema. <laughs> <laughs> you got eczema? <laughs> It comes in a variety of colors, but is most often found as pink in the States. Epsom salt, that gets its name from where it was discovered, the English town of Epsom. It's technically not a salt, the more you know. And it's made of magnesium bonded to oxygen and sulfur. It has a higher magnesium content than Himalayan salt. And the benefits include relieving soreness, itching. Why are you itching? I mean, maybe you got some poison ivy or something. I don't know, man. Got bit by insect. Sunburn and <laughs> swelling. Um, <laughs> sometimes I like to mix both salts. Um, you want to aim for like one to two cups of salt total 
in a standard bathtub. If you got some like big old jacuzzi situation, then, you know, up it a little bit. Also, if you don't have a bathtub, but you want to get into like some type of salt practice, you can also put this in like a small, in like something that you could fit your feet in. And I'd probably do like maybe half a cup to one cup then for something like that size and soak your feet. And so that can kind of also have that same um, cleansing and resetting of your aura that you can incorporate that way. Yeah, a couple of the things that you could put into your spiritual bath. Um, so baking soda, um, it can be used in a bath for detoxing. You can mix a half cup of baking soda with a half cup of Epsom salt uh, for a nice little detox mix. Um, just one disclaimer, if you are pregnant or nursing or if you have diabetes or high blood, pe- high blood pressure, um, you should avoid baking soda in your bath. Uh, it can be absorbed through the skin and it's apparently not great for those conditions. Um, so saw that when I was researching it. Lavender. So you can have lavender salts or loose herbs, and those can be added to your bath. Go With ahead. your lavender. I knew, I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> Rose petals. Um, so these are also great for detoxing and can help to soothe anxiety. Fellas, if you want to do something, you know, a little romantic for your lady, just throw a little rose petals in there in the bath for her. It's romantic and it helps her, you know, detox. And, hey, look. You know what I'm saying? You know. Give me that look like, why are you talking about that? No, I'm going to make it do what it do, baby. <laughs> Calendula, it has anti-inflammatory properties uh, and it can also soothe irritations on your skin. And then chamomile. Chamomile is soothing. It's antibacterial uh, and it can help to heal sensitive skin as well. If you are using those loose herbs in your tub, make sure you get either like a like a tea bag type situation um, or a stopper for the tub to avoid kind of clogging your your drain. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to perfect <laughs> like a real herbal bath situation that isn't like such a pain to clean to clean it's (laughs) such a pain like so like they have reusable tea bags you can find them on amazon i think they have like pretty big ones too so they're like good for this type of use Mm -hmm. but like what's the fun in that you want to feel the herbs on you it's not necessarily about feeling it. Like when you when you do like a real full herbal bath, like I got this like really good empath bath with like salt and rose petals and lavender and all this stuff. And like you put that in your water. Oh my gosh, it's so gorgeous. <laughs> it's so pretty. It's such an Instagram moment. You feel luxe AF, you know, hashtag black girl luxury. It just feels so nice. And then you drain it. And it's a disaster. <laughs> it's just lavender seeds caked on to the side of your tub. And you're feeling nice and lush and spiritually light. And it's nighttime. You lit your candle. You guys to go get in the bed. You guys to put some lotion on, some smell goods, some fresh jammies. <laughs> you do not feel like scooping all that ish out the bathtub. And then, and so then you're like, you know what? I'll just do it in the morning. And then you forget. And then you get up in the morning and you walk into the bathroom and it's a murder scene. Or your husband's trying to bathe your three-year-old and okay. like it's like, baby, why, why are there rose petals all over this tub? Yeah, I've thought about like a skimmer kind of situation. Like it's mm. like a pool. Um, They make some... For like fish tanks? 
yeah. <laughs> like, that's basically what I thought I was going to do. Like, what's the best option? But then, like, that seemed like a lot of work. And they had the things so that you can sit in the the stopper that mm-hmm. you talked about. I just don't know if that's like going because I put a lot in in my water. Mm-hmm. I like a lot. I like a lot. I like for it to be beautiful. But I don't know if that's gonna catch it all, Pokemon. I don't know. <laughs> all right, so we still we still trying to figure out this spiritual bath thing with the herbs. So if anybody out there has any good solutions, mm-hmm. shoot us an email. Chakras and shotguns at gmail.com. I'm like, should I just like stuff a rag into the bath? I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> okay. But, you know, we'll try. But that covers spiritual baths. Next up, we wanted to talk a little bit about smudging. So that's a form of utilizing smoke to clear negative energy. Most people know about burning sage, which comes from Native American cultures. Other cultures around the world have utilized the smoke of herbs as well. So, for example, ancient Romans burned rosemary for healing. The Hindu Vedas mentioned burning incense as a healing tool across the African continent. A variety of herbs, including in Pepo in South Africa and Cola Cordifolia in West Africa, were used for cleansing and healing. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, in the States, most people associate smoke cleansing or smudging with Native Americans. Um, but it's it's interesting, you know, you can see across a lot of different cultures how they view kind of smoke as a cleansing element, right? So just, you know, seeing those similarities is really interesting to me. What we talked about with water, now smoke, it's just kind of universal when it comes to um, use of these elements. So even in the Bible, there are 121 references to incense. Uh, we also know about you know, the wise men, story of Christmas, um, or the story of Jesus being born, where they bring frankincense and myrrh to Jesus when he was born, which, you know, is a common substance that's used in kind of burn bowls or, or incense and smudging. Real quick, fun fact, I should probably be embarrassed to say this. I used to think frankincense was like, something made up like i thought that they brought it for jesus and then like nobody ever had no more frankincense like, like that it was, just was like that was it it was like a special gift like i didn't i mean you can pick up myrrh at walmart like it just was not a thing <laughs> like frankincense it also sounded a little bit like frankenstein so maybe i just like really mythologized it i yeah. guess um no, I think we're going to talk about that more, right? Like a lot of things in the Bible feel like mythology. Like they don't really exist, but like they do. Like they're present. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I'm like, without getting too far down that rabbit hole, I feel like there's a lot of things. Be, they make things more exclusive and more. There's like elitism in the Bible, I feel like. In the teaching of it, you mean? Or... Yes, in the teaching of it. I think like in the in the way that it is interpreted and brought to people mm-hmm. is like like Mary talked to an angel, multiple people have talked to angels. But if I told you I talked to an angel, you would think that I was insane mm-hmm. because that is reserved for those people from a very long time ago. Is yeah. how that feels. No, I, frankincense I, and myrrh was like this very prized possession. And so like me finding frankincense incense at my local 
like Crystal Shop, see, it, it there was a disconnect there. Like I had to get mm-hmm. over that hump. Yeah, no. Um, that leads into some of the things that are commonly, you know, burned for smoke cleansing or smudging. So we can start with frankincense. Um, as you mentioned, you know, at one point frankincense and myrrh were considered more valuable than gold. Um, it is currently, you know, used to cleanse and protect the aura, um, as well as used to promote clairvoyance. Moving on, sage, which uh, we talked to, talked a little bit about already. Um, it is used for blessing, healing, and cleansing. Indigenous people believe that the smell invites positive energy uh, into the dwelling, and the smoke can also repel negative energy. Cedar, so it's used for positivity and purification. It's great for moving into new spaces. Palo Santo, it is used to brighten the energy of a space, invites in creativity and good fortune. Uh, Sweetgrass, it can be inviting of positive energy as well. The smell can be enticing to everyone, including spirits. So it's recommended to be burned with sage. One um, clarifying note on that is that, like, basically, sweetgrass smell good to everybody, good and bad. Mm-hmm. So, like, you want to clear out, clear out any negative energy with the sage that might be attracted to the sweetgrass. Got it, got it. And then mugwort, it is known as a dream weed because it can stimulate dreams, and it's also protective as well. Before we get into how to smudge, you know, we try and stay woke and be culturally sensitive, but and also sustainable. So the question did arise, like, how do you adopt some of these practices that may not be culturally yours? Like, I think it's responsible to ask yourself that. Indigenous people treat some of the herbs that we just listed as medicinal and ceremonial. When I'm saying indigenous, I mean like Native American, indigenous to America. At one point in Canada, it was actually illegal to burn sage. It was like it was illegal for indigenous people in Canada to practice like any indigenous religions, which mm. included burning sage, which is it's a spiritual practice. Um, That was like in the 1800s and they finally outlawed it in 1951, I believe. But like it was literally against the law. To burn sage. And now the little heifers on Instagram and TikTok talking about, oh my gosh, let me clear the energy. Let me clear the room. (laughs) So, you know, if it was something that people were persecuted for, I think you need to be sensitive around that. I'm not saying that you can't burn sage. So it's it's all the rage right now. I did like a very quick Google search. You can buy sage at West Elm and at, at some point in time, Urban Outfitters. Urban Outfitters might have gotten some heat for that, though, and like took that off of their website because mm. you couldn't. It was all sold out or mm. not available. So. What happens when like there's a high demand in a capitalistic country like America? Commodification of sage. And so white sage that is grown on these reservations like people are coming in onto these reservations taking all the sage like smuggling it out like some people were arrested in 2018 they had smuggled like 400 pounds of white sage not dope not cocaina not that 
you know, in love with that cocoa. They were out here smuggling sage nice. off an Indian reserve and went to jail for it. For other people to be like, I'm, you know, inviting positive vibes. Like, they make you feel kind of gross. Yeah. So, that's illegal. You can't you can't do that. Don't sneak onto reserve and steal, you know, some some white sage. That's very illegal. So, but here are some tips for avoiding cultural appropriation and commodification of sage and trying to be more responsible and sustainable. So, indigenous people actually believe that you should not buy sage. Like it should not be something for sale. Like that's weird. Mm. It's very weird. So, in Canada, they actually have Indian friendship centers. I think they're kind of like Native American centers. Like, I think in the States, like, I found a couple of, like, Native American heritage centers. And, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a good parallel. But I guess, like, it's like the VFW places where, like, mm. veterans can, like, gather. Okay. It, it's like a it's like a community center for Indigenous people. And apparently you can just call and be like, hey, y'all got some sage? And they're like, yeah, like. We want to share it with you. It's a gift. It's something to be shared. It's not something to be bought. So, I mean, maybe this is just my capitalistic conditioning because my immediate thought was like, who pays for that? Like, who who's paying to operate the center if they're not selling the sage? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's donations. Maybe it's like I'm, federal grant money. I'm sure you don't know the answer. I'm, that, that just like immediately it just kind of reflects the conditioning of... That everything has to be paid for and exactly. somebody has to be left holding the bag. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I was reading about it, like how they teach children on the reservations about sage, it's like very sacred. Like you should actually not pick sage if like you're in, you're not in alignment, you're mm. not in a good mood, like your energy's not right, your intention has to be very pure and positive to even go and pick sage. So for them, like people farming sage and picking it, you don't know what that person's going through that day and they pick it and how many people have to touch it before it gets to you. Like they believe that every touch is an energy signature that's left on the sage that you're now bringing into your home to clear mm. negativity. Dang. And so I'm thinking about like our crystals episode. We talked about like using sage to clear a crystal. Mm-hmm. But how you clear the sage? Can't sage sage. Which brings me to my next tip. Grow your own sage. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also fits, fits well with our preparedness vibe and like, you know, doing it for yourself. And so that allows you to not only... um not contribute to the commodification of sage, but it also helps you grow something on your own and see it flourish and put your own intentions on it and control the energies that are on it. And you can grow it for yourself and gift it to your friends and your family. And I feel like that would be like a really beautiful thing to do. Um, I started looking into it and then you know, then I got really overwhelmed because it's like you can grow it from seeds and blah, blah, blah. But it might be something we look into in the spring. Yeah, I'm into it. Where are you shopping? And I think this this goes for sage and any other herbs. But like, where are you shopping? I'd probably advise against shopping on Amazon. It's really weird to me that like you can find anything on Amazon sometimes. Yeah, like I just the vibe. It, I don't know. 
like getting sage on Amazon is kind of weird to me. I don't know. Well, you I, can find... Maybe it shouldn't be, but yeah, maybe you shouldn't. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I think sometimes with stuff like this, it's probably a good idea to go smaller. Yeah. So you're looking for, you know, smaller shops. If it's indigenous owned, great. Um, look for guarantees and insight into like where they're getting their herbs from. Is it ethically sourced? So Palo Santo, for instance, it looks like a little piece of like, it's wood. So it's like, you know, off of a tree. Um, it's not endangered. And that is because it's only supposed to be harvested from trees that naturally die in the forest. So one shop that I found they actually only harvest from trees that have been there for four years, like on the forest floor, dead. So you're trying to find places. And I mean, and all of it could be BS, right? They could make all of that stuff up. How would you know? But the Lord knows your heart. And that's <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> um, but use it responsibly, whatever herbs that you're getting. Um, one recommendation was, you know, we get a lot of sage bundles and you're just lighting and lighting and lighting. Sometimes they take a long time to, to like really get going. And instead of lighting the whole thing on fire, why don't you use a leaf at a time or a couple of leaves? And we did this once when we went to that retreat in Arizona. Mm-hmm. We each got a little sage leaf and I found that it smoked a lot better, a lot quicker mm-hmm. than trying to light a full bundle. sage bundle. Yeah. Um, but watch your fingers. Also, what is your intention and purpose for using what you're using? Like, are you trying to be trendy? Sometimes I think like, because even the Real Housewives will just like light up some sage in a kind of shady, petty way around each other. It's like, uh, uh-uh, girl, you're not going to do that to me. But, you know, treating it more of a ritual and being more intentional when you're using these herbs spiritually to cleanse your space. I think that that really matters. Are you doing it for the gram? You know, then just put the bundle down, baby. Another thing that I I was reading in this article that like really blew me away, but was like kind of a dumb moment, getting to know the spiritual practices of your own culture And there's levels to this. What blew me away about it was the example that was given was it was a white woman who owned this like metaphysical e-commerce site. And she was selling sage in Palo Santo. And somebody pointed out that it was cultural appropriation. She started doing some more research on where she was getting her sage from. And she couldn't really track where it was coming from. Like she just had some vendor. It wasn't, you know, it was taking her too long to actually get to a real indigenous person. It was probably smuggled out or just not done responsibly. And so she decided to stop selling Palo Santo and sage on her site. She went one step further and pulled out her Ancestry.com results and started tracing back the practices of her people, of like Northern European people. And as she was like doing her research, she started using rosemary, thyme, peppermint, nettle, juniper, and cedar for cleansing instead. And just completely went that route. Like this is what Northern Europeans were doing. And she said, every culture has their own magic and you just need to do 
your own research to to getting getting to the root of that. The reason why I kicked off and was like, there's levels to this. I think being like African descendants of slaves, that's tricky and that's hard to do. You know, Ancestry.com can give you a little bit of insight. I haven't done as much research as I probably should on my own results and what that magic looks like, but I think it might be a worthwhile exercise. But, you know, it's levels to that too. But yeah, so every culture has their own magic. So maybe spend some time looking into what that looks like for you. All right. So let's talk a little bit about how to smudge. So you want to open up the windows in your home, uh, open up a, a door if you have like a screen door, and then you want to light the herb of your choice to kind of cleanse and purify uh, and focus on the intention that you want for your smoke cleansing. I like to recite, you know, intention kind of quietly to myself as I go around the house and I'm spreading the smoke through each room. Um, so I'll say something like, you know, I'm cleaning this space or, or cleansing this space of any energy that doesn't serve me. I like to start at the door and then the front door and then go in a clockwise pattern throughout the house and kind of hit each room as I as I go in and, and kind of keep that same clockwise motion. Once I'm done, I usually use sage first. And once I'm done with that, um, I will circle back around with Palo Santo. Uh, and so then I'll invite you know, energy that I want in. And so I'll say something like, you know, inviting in peace, love, joy, happiness, and many positive energy. And so after that's done, I'll kind of leave the windows open for a little bit and then go about closing them. Some other practices that you can use for cleansing your energy in home using salt. Again, salt. (laughs) Salt in the home for protection. So I like to use fine pink Himalayan salt for this. You can find it like, they'll have it like coarse and it looks like little rocks. That's not what you want. You want like fine enough to like, you could put it in a salt shaker. Them little rocks. (laughs) Because you're going to try and do this monthly or if you want to follow like the lunar cycles, you can do it then with a new moon, right? I'm so bad at the lunar cycles. I thought it was full moon. You did the the salt. I don't. I don't remember. I think it is full moon. But you want to clean it back out each time when you come back, and it's so hard <laughs> to get them little rocks. And they're they you know they move around. They get under your feet. If you have a dog or small children, it's just better to use the fine salt. It's like easier to get into the windowsills and the thresholds and everything. So I try and do this monthly. You know, God's still working on me, baby. So uh, it's it's not something I've been keeping up with, but I'm trying. But that's something that you can do. Florida water, which is not really water at all. It's a tincture of flowers and oils, and it's used for cleansing. Um, some of the rest, not, I guess, can you make your own? I think you can. I think you can make your own, but like some of the formulations that I've seen from different brands, like they put like citrus oils and Florida means flowery. I don't know in what language, but that's why it's like called Florida water. Is that not Spanish? Mm. Florida? I'm not sure. I mean, I know Florida was a Spanish colony, so I would assume that it was named by the Spanish, but. That makes sense. 
You heard it here first, folks. Um, so there's like a lot of flowers and citrus oils and like, you know, I, c- I clean with lemons all the time. So it's like it's a cleansing type of fruits and flowers type of tincture. Um, it's clear. Don't digest it. Like I think back in the day, it's like real old. Back in the day, mm-hmm. people used to put it in their mouth. Like as a mouthwash? Yes. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, it has roots in American slavery where enslaved people utilized it for their spiritual practices. You can use it as a floor wash. You can spritz it in a spray bottle into the air. Fun, which you should do that and also like put some in a travel size bottle and take with you. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause as an aside, you know, we sage and use Palo Santo and have incense going like all the time in our house and it's been a little bit of a struggle when we do travel. Like, you don't want to just go burning stuff in people's houses or in a hotel. So having something like that would be really, really handy. I think they also make Palo Santo sprays, too. Mm-hmm. You can use it to wash your hands and your feet. You can even add a little bit to your bath water if you want to. But, you know, don't drink it. White light visualization. Shout out to Mick for the breath work earlier. So during meditation, imagine yourself in your home covered in a white light, setting the intention of cleansing, like visualize anything stale being moved out in like your house and yourself being sparkly clean. Reiki, whether you're attuned or you've found a practitioner that you like, regular Reiki sessions, can be a great way to get right within and to even energetically cleanse cleanse your space. Again, meditation, great for daily checking in with your energy. Again, meditation, which is great for daily checking in with your energy, your chakras, maintaining your high vibrations, and then sound healing. Um, and I said this is a hygienic practice, but it's like something you can do every day. Mm-hmm. So we love the channel on YouTube, Meditative Mind. They also have a page on Spotify, too. So these are ambient videos and they pair it with like some kind of trippy visuals. But like our TV, we can turn the picture off. So I just like play it on the TV with the picture off. And um, they're, I wouldn't call them songs. Yeah, they're more like tunes uh, to different frequencies. Um, I actually want to do an episode where we like talk a little bit more in depth about sound healing. Because I think there's a lot that you can go into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have some tincture bells that I'll use throughout the house as well to kind of help clear out the energy. So that, that's all kind of in the same vein of utilizing sound energy to you know, just bring more positive uh, energy into your space. Singing bowls and tuning forks and all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Coming back to water, like, have you seen those videos of people playing different frequencies and like making the patterns yeah. in water? Like, Absolutely. that is so trippy and cool to me. Mm-hmm. So they have different videos for like different things, like cleansing negative energy, physical healing, uh, uplift your mood, manifestation. They're all like different frequencies. Like it'll have like the number of hertz that the video is tuned to. You know, we got two small kids, two kids under three. It's a lot of noise going on. A lot of things happening. You know, people trying to learn how to walk up in here and they falling down and it's a lot. But I 
can feel the collective energy of the house just kind of chill out for a minute. When I put meditative mind on, it just kind of like zins everybody out. People kind of just calm down. You know, we're still like, nobody's like in a trance or anything, but I don't know if you've experienced that. Like when we kind of, when we do that and it usually syncs up well with like, you start saging the house and doing Palo Santo and all of that. I like to sage the house at least once a week. And definitely there's times when I slip on that, you know, maybe two weeks since last time I did it. Um, but I can usually start to kind of pick up and feel kind of the the energetic consequences of that. <laughs> Things start to get a little awry in the house, a little chaotic. There's been instances where like our dog just had a, a, a poop accident in the house out of nowhere when, you know, he's been potty trained for years and it's like, why all of a sudden are you are you pooping in the house right now? But but it wasn't the only thing that happened, right? Like our baby's been inconsolable or our oldest is like bumping her head into the wall randomly. The Wi-Fi is acting up. Um, Jen and I are grumpy towards each other. It's just like kind of all is happening at the same time. And you're like, this can't be a coincidence that like all of these things are just kind of weighing and this, there's this heaviness uh, over kind of the whole household. Um, and so, yeah, I just attribute that to us needing to kind of clear out some of the energy, whether that's just opening up and letting that fresh air that you talked about in the, at the very beginning and just, mm-hmm. you know, really starting to clear clear the space. Yeah, I try to, like I said, I try to get to it at least once a week. Yeah, I think those those times we'll look at each other and be like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, what is happening? What is happening? Like everybody's just kind of losing it. For me, I'm trying to get more thoughtful and more keyed into when I'm feeling overwhelmed and when I'm feeling stuck, like I'm kind of wading in mud or trying to push boulders uphill. And it doesn't even necessarily be need to be like I'm trying to work on a major project. It's like, hey, you have three dishes to wash. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I can't. I can't. And it's like, why? What is going on? Like, what's what's happening? And for me, that's usually a good sign to start clearing some things out. Well, I actually got a message during meditation. um, And we actually haven't really like dived deeper into that, which I kind of want to one day, maybe more extensively, I guess. But like typically people call them downloads and so it's like downloads from higher consciousness your higher self your spirit team your spirit guides it's like messages messages from the divine you know christianity like god told me to do x and so i think we talk a lot about in meditation like the things that come up the thoughts and the things that you're trying to you know oh i need to i forgot to turn the dishwasher on before i sat down or oh i need to call so and so tomorrow whatever and we're always talking about like noticing those messages and then like dismissing them i think you also need to and it's a, it's a muscle right you have to start discerning like what is you and what is coming in and i think mm-hmm. it's like you have to really kind of get into a very mindful place And start also paying attention to the thoughts that pop up. Like when you're like, oh, I wanted to call so-and-so just out of the blue. Was it? You know, when you called them and they were like, I was just thinking about you. 
was that out of the blue? Did you just happen to think about them or was there a message coming in that you were supposed to receive? So I was in a meditation and I got the message to declutter. And it really got me thinking. Um, it was like, look, I need to clean out my closet. Um, we need to start moving some stuff out of here and just kind of getting into spring cleaning. And, you know, things just start to kind of pile up since we've been in the house for two years. And it really got me to thinking about like, what does that mean spiritually? And when I really started thinking about it, it made so much more sense. You know, all of this talk about like getting negative energy out, inviting positive energy in, you know, I talked about earlier, like movement, like is your house feeling stale and stuck and in a rut? You know, are you moving things out so you can bring the things that you want in? Literally, do you need to clear your closet and make space? Take the clothes out that don't fit anymore so you can get the stuff that you that actually fits that makes you feel good. Marie Kondo is always talking about like what gives you what brings you joy. Like I think people are like, oh, that's so cute. Like, oh, this sweater doesn't bring me joy anymore. But like that is energetics. Like that's something energetically that you're trying to do. Yeah, she talks about in her show how like each object has its own energy and wants to be useful, right? So it's like, you know, allowing those things to, you know, achieve their highest purpose. Mm-hmm. I think we spend a lot of time talking about manifestation and vision boards and the things that we want to bring in. Um, but are you creating room for it? Like, is there a space for it? Is is like God in the universe saying, girl, you can't even walk in your closet. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to bring you the things that you need? Mm-hmm. Like, you need to create some movement and and like do your part to create space you know are you are you also creating a space that's more positively tuned to bring in more positivity or is your house dirty and you're just inviting in more mess (laughs) i hear you so just kind of some parting words um i think we've had a lot here to unpack. A lot of different things that you can add to your to-do list. Jen is looking at me like I'm not adding that to that to my to-do list. I don't like <laughs> no, things on I my wasn't to-do list. Thinking about that at all. No, but there's there's a lot to unpack here. Hopefully, you find some things that resonate with you that can help you just to kind of clear out old, stale energy, release things that no longer serve you, and help you move in this new year um, in a really energetically in tune with. Mm. I just also thought about that um, superstition of like bringing in the new year with a clean house for the year to come. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is dropping on the third. So hopefully you already was doing your work. <laughs> but yes, you know, clean up so you can level up. As always... If you have a question, please email us at chakrasandshotguns at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and YouTube. And finally, if you're loving the show, please subscribe and give us five stars. Thanks, guys. Namaste. Namaste.